Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. And welcome on in to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing once again from the Concord, North Carolina studios where it is sweltering hot as we pass July 4th weekend. My name is Chris Wilner. As always, Kyle Ricky out at Stafford Motor Speedway. Uh, I mentioned sweltering. It's been in the 90s, 100 degree temperatures for as you know long as I can remember now the last several weeks. I am struggling. I have the aerodynamic haircut trying to eliminate any sort of you know drag and things like that. It's going to make me even hotter, Kyle. I, I need some help here. Will you send some cold weather down my direction, please? I don't think we have cold weather up here, but we have cooler, comfortable weather. Yes. It's, I don't know, 82. I'll maybe. take it. I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Spent, spent a very comfortable week up here. Uh, we had great weather for the, uh, the race program here on Friday night uh, that featured the, uh, the open modifieds. And then the SRX teams were here on Saturday and, Two nearly sold out nights, so it uh, it was a great weekend, and, and Mother Nature cooperated. Yeah, they certainly did. Did you get enough sleep? Because I know you were uh, pretty much ankle deep in, in in work leading up to the event this weekend at Stafford. Then obviously, uh, did you get a moment to just sit back and say, "Wow, we pulled off another great event." Yeah, that's what Sunday was for. Uh, <laughs> once I once I woke up, um, which was what know, two o'clock late- in the afternoon. <laughs> It was not that not that late, but yeah, pretty close. Um, but it was cool to see, you know, all the photos and all the videos start to appear on social media from that night. Um, Speedway here did a post of, "Hey, let's see your photos," and, and just all the different angles that people were able to view the event from, uh, all the different perspectives. It was pretty cool, and uh, we did it two years in a row uh, with SRX. You know, they're great people to work with. Don Hawk and his entire crew. Tony Stewart, obviously, a, a huge help this past weekend. And the Arut family here at the racetrack uh, came together, and it was a, it was an amazing event. Yeah, absolutely. And it was cool to hear you on the broadcast as well. You could hear the PA in the background. I said, I know that guy. It's Kyle Ricky. So it was yeah. pretty cool to hear your voice there on the national television. So we'll cover SRX here coming up. But obviously, we've got a great show for you folks at home. Jacob Nottestead, who got the big win out at Slinger. And the reason why we've got Jacob on the show is not only did he win at Slinger, he's going to be one of a handful, and I'm, I'm dozens and dozens, big-name drivers going for it all, $10,000 at Slinger. Actually, it's raised to $20,000 this year for the Slinger Nationals coming up on Tuesday this coming week. So I'll have a big old preview with Slinger. But Jacob joins us coming up in segment number two, so stick around for that. But, of course, we start things off with our coast-to-coast Top seven, our top seven winners of the week. And, you know, there's nothing like Fourth of July weekend, but when you add all the racing that was to it, it was just a fantastic weekend of events, whether you were celebrating up at Road America with NASCAR weekend or out at Stafford for SRX or your local track. It was a busy, busy weekend of racing, and we're going to kick things off with our ARCA West winner, Mr. Three in a Row. That is points leader Jake Drew winning the Napa Auto Parts 150 out at Irwindale. Uh an unbelievable stretch of races for Jake Drew. I mean, not only is this his first oval win, 
but he goes three in a row, and a guy hasn't done that since the uh, guy we know named Todd Gillen did it back in 2017. I believe he won the championship that weekend, too. So, Jake Drew, you've got the, the mojo going for you as well. But, Kyle, that was a great race to watch out on Flow Racing. Yeah, another good field of cars. But, you know, they say when you win the first, it's hard to stop them. And uh, Jake Drew won at, at Portland several weeks ago, backed it up in Sonoma and uh, followed it up with an oval win this past weekend at Irwindale. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat them. 45 points now back to Cole Moore, and their season is uh, running thin there on the West Coast. I think this was their busiest stretch. They take some time off because of the heat out there, and then uh, they have a fairly busy fall leading up to the championship race at Phoenix. Yeah, very smart to take a break for the heat because their next event, August 20th, so good a chunk yep. of time here for the Arca West drivers to reset. That'll be their 1,000th race in series history for Arco West. So pretty cool event. That'll be at Evergreen. But shout out, you mentioned Cole Moore, though. Got to give him a shout out. Man, he is so close to getting a win, but that's another second place run for him. Uh, ties his career best. I mean, he's first really full season for the Arco West driver. So really cool for Cole. So again, August 20th is their next event. All right, Coast to Coast number two, Kyle. It's a driver we've had on the show this week. Or this it is. year. Uh, this year, yeah. This uh, this year, it's been a busy year for him, both on NASCAR's national scene and on the local scene. Uh, Corey Heim, winner of the Thunder Road Harley-Davidson 200 at South Boston. He survived, and he yes. barely survived because he had a wrecked race car about 100 yards after the checkered flag. Uh, a wild race, the largest field they ever had. I think 41 cars started the race. All 41 of them suffered some sort of damage, either during or after the checkered flag. Uh, but Corey was able to uh, take the top spot and uh, claim the win in what was a demolition derby for the most part. Yeah, and the videos have circled social media. If you haven't seen it yet, I mean, go to Flow, go to uh, somewhere. You'll you'll be able to see what happened. But lap, which lap, I think it was 12 laps to go, uh, one of the top five drivers wrecked, and everyone behind him came piling in. It looked like there was a blizzard out in Montana when on the interstate gets shut down and everybody just keeps coming in. I mean, I think 15 to 20 cars were involved in that wreck alone, not to mention, like Kyle said, everyone had some sort of scrape or stripe or something going on with their race car. So it was definitely a wild one. And obviously with Corey Heim getting wrecked there at the checkered flag, uh, not a lot of happy campers in that Lee Pulliam camp. And actually they went over there and tried to conf uh, confront excuse me, uh, the driver that finished second there, uh, not happy with Jacob Bors. So, I don't know. It was wild for sure, and it was definitely one of the highlight races of the week. All right, number three for Coast to Coast Top 7, Ryan Newman. We mentioned it, Stafford Motor Speedway, big winner out there for SRX, and he did it. First time he's visited Victory Lane since that harrowing Daytona crash uh, for the Daytona 500 a couple years ago. And for Ryan, I mean, you could tell, and, and you were down there, Kyle, the emotions for not only Ryan but his whole family, his girls were there. Uh, you could tell how much this really meant to him. Oh God, yeah. Uh, it was it was amazing. About as emotional as I've ever seen Ryan, and I've known him for for a long time uh, throughout his uh, NASCAR career, and even before that when he was running ARCA. Um, pretty cool to see it done here, see it done on on a national stage, like uh, when you know live on CBS. Um, if you look over my right shoulder here, you can see the uh, the donuts that he left on the start oh, finish yeah. line. Oh yeah, you did that on uh, purpose, right? Good camera uh, angle. Yeah, yeah. He kind of left his mark um, here at Stafford, but it was cool to see, you know, his daughters running around the front straightaway with the dog, uh, post-race for pictures, uh, just a, a, a pretty cool moment um, post-race that went on for about an hour uh, after the checkered flag. Uh, everyone wanted their picture with him, and uh, 
cool cool night a cool a cool event but a great way to end the night with ryan and victory lane and it was nice to see the hard racing not as many complete takeouts like we saw out at south boston they played nicer this week around and uh shout out yep. you know marco andretti man that guy's been so close the last couple of weeks certainly gave uh ryan a challenge there but ryan i mean he is rocket man for a reason found a way to get around him and really cool to see him win and obviously he's going for the championship and he's right there uh, in the top three in points, and so this win certainly helped him out. So really cool to see. All right, who we got for Coast Coast top four of seven this week, Kyle? Yeah, we're going to keep it up here in the Northeast. Matt Hirschman, who was in the SRX race on Saturday night, finished mid-pack, opened the weekend with a win in the Tri-Track Modified race at Seekonk Speedway in Massachusetts, uh, his fifth open modified win at the Seekonk Oval in just the last couple of years. They call him Big Money Matt for a reason. That is one of the highest-paying uh, modified races here in New England. It's run on a Wednesday night. The place was full all the way around the racetrack, uh, third mile oval. So uh, great, great race. I think we only had one caution for an incident on the back straightaway. And when Matt got out front on lap 33, he never looked back and, and picked up yet a, another win in modified racing. Cashing another check in the bank. So, I, you know, promoters now, anytime they've got a modified event that's got big money attached to it, you have to know Matt's going to be entered and Matt's going to be the favorite to win. So pretty cool to see Matt uh, get another one done as well. All right, Coast to Coast number five of our top seven. We're going to go to the driver that we're going to talk to on the flip side of the break. That is Jacob Nottestead winning the barn burner at Slinger in the Elite Eight. Uh, Super Late Model Series, again, the run-up to the Slinger Nationals, uh, the final event before the Slinger Nationals on Tuesday. Uh, his first career Super Late Model win out at Slinger. I know he's been building up in his career. A young driver uh, making a name for, him as, for himself as well, and he had to do it with R.J. Braun, and it was just battle versus Braun pretty much. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was elbows up the last five laps. Uh, and the way that RJ, you know, did it right, they wheeled him nice and hard, but RJ didn't get into him at the end. I think he said post-race, too, like, I could have dumped the guy, but they wanted to race clean, and uh, Jacob was able to rip around the outside and take the lead full-time with about a half lap to go. So, pretty cool race. Again, we've had, it's been a theme this week. It's been barn burners and photo finishes, I think, across short track racing this weekend. Absolutely. Great race. I thought he was going to get dumped. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I thought yeah. RJ was going to take him out. And by the way, the PA announcer at Slinger that called the finish that race about as excited as <laughs> I have ever heard a PR or PA announcer. Rightfully pretty, uh... so, too. One of the coolest races yeah. of the weekend as well. So we'll talk to Jacob about that and obviously coming up Slinger Nationals next week. All right. Top seven, number six, Kyle. Not a photo finish, but uh, cool to see Kyle O'Gara in victory lane. Yes. USAC midget competition last Thursday night, uh, part of the Thursday night Thunder homecoming event at Indianapolis Raceway Park. It'll always be IRP to me, uh, holding off Chuck Gurney and Buddy Kofoid, a great field of midgets on hand last uh, last week. And fun to watch brought me back to the uh, the old days of the day, the Gary and Larry show with David oh, Spain yes. and Winfield and I love when USAC visits IRP. It doesn't happen nearly enough, although it's happening more these days than it did for quite some time. And uh, congratulations to Kyle on picking up the win. I believe the Silver Crown cars were there as well, part of the big doubleheader night of racing. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a special event. Had to, I got the chance to work the first th Thursday night homecoming last year, and it's just it, there's nothing like sitting in turn one right on the pit wall at IRP and watching a midget at 135, 140 miles an hour come screaming through there. I mean, it is, there's nothing like it. You know, it's good to see Casey Kohler and his team out at IRP really put an emphasis on bringing back open wheel racing to IRP. Again, home of the NASCAR Truck Series playoff opener coming up this uh, this summer. 
So excited yep. for that, but certainly want to go back to their roots and bring back midget sprint cars and silver crowns. So really cool. And for Kyle, a guy who's been chasing this thing for over a decade. I mean, he's he's young, but I mean, he's been after this since he was about 16 years old trying to get a win at IRP, and he's always been bested by the Cody Swansons, the Bobby Santos. So really cool to see him get a win. All right, our top seven, number seven. It was hard to decide between these two, so I said it was the two Fourth of July photo finishes we had out on the local short tracks. First, DJ Shaw beat Joey Dyron at Riverside in the Granite State Pro Stock Series by four-tenths of a second. And then Josh Lauder over Mason Maggio at, in the Carolina Pro Late Models at Cartech County Speedway. That was like three-tenths of a second. So, I mean, the matter of less than half a tenth a second uh, for a photo finish between two series, two different states, uh, two four, four drivers, Pretty cool, and uh, that just summed up the exciting racing on 4th of July week. This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers, the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defying 31-degree banks like this one on turn four at Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's up here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Photo finishes everywhere. Some great competition across the country at home tracks uh, across the U.S. And uh, glad we can recap it here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. That's right. And so now time for our shout-outs of the week, our honorable mentions. Uh, Kyle, why don't you go first on this one? I always take the take the limelight first here. Who do you got as your shout-out of the week? Well, I got two. I want to go to Alaska Raceway Park. We haven't talked about this track, but one of the most picturesque racetracks in the country, uh, a young lady by the name of Tanya Wilson picked up the win in the Baby Grands feature, her, actually her third win in five events. So she has had a, a great year up at Alaska Raceway Park. And David Aru, uh, we'll keep it here at Stafford for, uh, for the second Why shout not? out. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, he won his second SK modified feature of the season, but about 30 minutes before the race, he was on the back straightaway cleaning up an incident. Uh, because he's part of the cleanup crew here uh, when he's not in the cockpit. An SK, an SK light modified flipped on the backstretch. There was some fluid on the racetrack. He was out there with the sweeper cleaning it up before he jumped in his SK. And then right after Victory Lane, he started picking up the garbage under the grandstands to clean this place up and make it, uh, make it look you know, brand new for, for SRX on Saturday. So you would never have guessed our race was run here Friday night. So kudos to David and the entire Root family, but especially David for doing all of that work, part of the family business here, while competing and getting the win in the SK Modifieds. A man of many talents. That is so cool to see. Racer, but also knows uh, what job needs to be done to make sure that place is up and running and looking spotless. So congratulations to David. My top or uh, shout-out of the week, I'm going to go with uh, the obvious, the big news this week, that Frank Kimmel was finally inducted to the National Motorsports Press Association Hall of Fame, the 10-time ARCA champion, 80 wins, 40-some-odd poles over his career. You can't say ARCA without thinking Frank Kimmel. 
And although he doesn't compete nearly as often or really anymore, it is so cool to see him get awarded that honor. I know he's a guy that really doesn't like the limelight pointed on him, but uh, we're going to give it to him here on Coast to Coast. So tip of the cap to Frank, the absolute legend uh, in the Arkham Menard series for decades, uh, getting into the Hall of Fame. So pretty cool stuff. And I think he's still around. I think he mentors yeah. a lot of the younger drivers in the garage. I saw him at, I think, Road America last year uh, when when the Arca series was there with the Xfinity cars, I believe, or might have been two years ago now. But I know he's still around. I've seen him in the Arca garage here recently and, uh, you know, helping these youngsters get up to speed. That's right. He, he's he been at the forefront of trying to make sure the Arca Menard series keeps going in the right direction, and it starts yep. with the young talent that they have in the series. So, Really cool for Frank. Congratulations to him. All right, before we get to our guest of the week, Jacob, Jacob Nottestead, we got our go or no-go debate segment. And I picked three of them, Kyle, because they all kind of tie in together a little bit, at least the first two do. do. So let's go back to uh, the battle with Corey Heim when he picked up the uh, first leg of the Virginia Triple Crown out there at South Boston Speedway this weekend. Bronze move on Corey Heim, the dump at the checkered flag. Do we like wrecking for the win when the whole race – you're riding behind him clean, trying to figure out a way to pass, and you decide to do it coming to the checkered flag. You like it? Go or no go? I think that's more acceptable. Yes, so go. I think that's more acceptable than the second incident we're about to talk about. Okay. I mean, perfect. it's coming to the checkered flag. It's coming yes. to the checkered flag. You know, a win's a win. It's one of the biggest late model races of the year. It's the, the first leg of the, the Virginia Triple Crown, you know, biggest field in race history. You survived to that point, so why not go for it? So I'm okay with with that kind of contact coming down to the checkered flag. I mean, I hate that they tore up two race cars, two very fast race cars, but, I mean. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Always there for the entertainment, not the uh, ramifications that come with it. I'm, go I'm no-go on this one. And the only reason is because those two were, I mean, or at least on bronze point of view wasn't able to really get to Corey Heim I mean he was able to close in a little bit in the last few laps but it's not like they were racing side by side for the last five laps and nobody had the advantage Corey Heim had the advantage Jacob took it upon himself to move literally wreck him out of the way to try to win and for me as a driver sure it's at all cost I would probably have at least tried to put a bumper to him but I don't think I'd have the nerve or I wouldn't feel comfortable after the fact of wrecking not only him but he I wrecked my stuff he wrecked his stuff too and, you know and so his crew although you know it's win at all costs they're going all right buddy well we got to fix your stuff too in the trailers so it's not like you just took out Corey and I understand Corey's team was was pretty livid afterwards although they got uh the victory so I don't know there there's a line again you could debate the line of where it is each and every week at different scenarios I just think the fact that he was not able to get there at any point during the race. So wrecking him off four, I mean, are you going to be happy with that? I don't know. So at least Corey slid across the finish line sideways first and got the win. But, uh, yeah, that's certainly a tough one for sure. So you right. call, you're calling it like a cheap shot. It's yeah, pretty it kind, much what it kind of is, like a sucker pitch, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. not fair, yep. you know. If you two were, like I said, if you were side by side and, and nobody had the advantage and you just needed to do something, I understand. But you're you're coming from, you know, literally on his bumper you're not even at his corner panel and you're just gonna dump him like that's a little little much of a cheap shot all right well kyle okay. mentioned this kind of segues into our second debatable topic and for those of you that either watched or were at road america know exactly what we're talking about with the nascar xfinity series 
Noah Gregson making that hard right-hand turn into Sage Karam that sparked a dangerous accident that left Brandon Brown a little winded afterwards. Everybody was okay, but it, I mean, it tore some race cars up. Should NASCAR have stepped in during the race and penalized Noah Gregson, or are you happy with the no call and the visit to the trailer afterwards with a little slap on the wrist saying, don't do it again? No, uh, no, uh, they should have stepped in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially when he, when did he admit that he did it? Was a post-race? Because he kept going. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess maybe NASCAR ultimately did the right thing. But the second he admitted, yeah, I took him out. Um, and I think as we record this show, a penalty is forthcoming. Uh, Noah kind of hinted to that um, in some remarks on, on uh, the radio this week. So we'll see what those penalties are. Um, but... Yeah, NASCAR needs to step in. I think if it would would have just collected those two, he would be okay. But the fact that you took out 13 cars and some pretty big hits in a series that, you know, I don't want to say is struggling to get cars, but, you know, I mean, a lot of these smaller teams don't have the finances and the inventory to keep going and keep wrecking cars like that. Um, So you have to keep that in mind as well. That crossed the line, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I'll agree with you on this one. I, I'm go that NASCAR should have stepped in. I, and honestly, I don't think they should have waited for Noah to admit it. I think it was blatantly obvious. Uh, yeah. If you want to say, like, if they were mid-corner and they got together, okay, you could kind of debate not. But they were corner exit a good 150 yards down in a straight line, and Noah made a hard right turn. Now, if the only good news is, is Noah took himself out. Now, he was able to finish the race, unlike most of those 13 cars that were collected. But at the same time, it's not like he did that and kept going and went on to get a top three finish. So at the end of the day, you know, karma was served a little bit in that sense. But if I was NASCAR, I would have seen that and been like, oh, yeah, 100%. That was, you know, he needs at least a drive through or something. And then you can talk to him after the race about some sort of monetary fine or or whatever the series decides to do, which we will see what they do. Like Kyle mentioned, I think a penalty is forthcoming, but – Blatant disregard to safety, uh, yep. like safe. And I thought Sage Karam made the best of that situation. Said all the right things. He could have went out and started cussing and went after and fought him. But I mean, if you listen to either our our broadcast, I actually got to talk to him on MRN at the Care Center, but also you know on, on NBC. Um, he said the right things. You know, it's it's a safety concern, no matter who it was done to or who was doing it. But at the fact that. It's Noah Gregson, and he has a history of this kind of stuff. Maybe NASCAR should have done something. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, not a fan of that for sure. And, you know, Road America in that place too, Not there's no spotters down the Moraine Sweep, so hard for them to see and just an all-out bad deal. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, our third and final go or no-go debate before we get to Jacob. Uh, and, and I don't know. I kind of – I kind of know what the answer to this should be because, you know, we're all here for grassroots racing, but I thought I'd put it out there anyway. Should there be a grassroots week only in NASCAR? So we have an off weekend in the NASCAR Top 3 Series, and we have an ARCA, Wheel and Modify Tour, maybe Pinty's joins in if we go race at, like, Watkins Glen, uh, and, and maybe some super late models or something like that, but we have a grassroots weekend in racing at one racetrack. If so, yes, Kyle, where would it be at? At one racetrack? Yes. Oh, I got to throw a curveball because I know you're going to say yes, of course. Let's showcase grassroots yeah. racing. But a- absolutely. Where? I, I, I mean, because I'd say to that every week is a grassroots week in my life. But yes, um, I don't know. Where would you do it? Um, 
I would, if you're going to include late models or super late models, obviously, or even modified, it's not a road course. I think you pick a really cool short track. Um, I mean, South obviously, Boston. you know I'm biased to, well, Stafford, I think, would be a great spot. It you, would be. Because you can run modified, you can run late models. It's big enough, I think, for an ARCA, whether that's not the National Series, maybe you do an ARCA East event. Um, and Pinty's would be cool up there as well. Good. Absolutely. And they've crossed over into the States a couple of times racing at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And I've always thought it would be great to have them at a New England short track like Stafford or like Thunder Road up in yep. Vermont. Um, there are several New England facilities that could host a NASCAR Pinty's race. Um, yeah, that would be fun. Um, you know, that worked for everybody. Uh, the race fans, obviously, uh, the, the promoters, uh, both on NASCAR side and on the track side. Uh, if done right, they could be very, very successful. And uh, to not have to worry about competing against NASCAR's National Series, maybe get some of those drivers to said racetrack to compete, like Ryan Newman, uh, who competed here last week in a sure. modified, you know, get some current uh, Cup or Xfinity or truckers to come and do the same type of thing. It'd be, it'd be an amazing, amazing three or four days. Absolutely. I I'm 100% behind that. I mean, we see that sometimes when, like, the truck series is off, like they are this coming weekend with John Hunter Nemechek and run with an ARCA, yep. uh, with Venturini Motorsports, actually, at Mid-Ohio. So you get some of that crossover, but I think a lot of schedules are very conflicted on the national side, and certainly I think a, a weekend showcasing all three of those series at one place to get some of those drivers to cross over and then do it at a facility that can hold the infrastructure. So whether it's Stafford or I was thinking Irwindale, we'll let you, the fans that are watching this uh, this episode of Coast to Coast, Chime in when this when this broadcast is on Twitter or YouTube. Drop a comment or a reply to the tweet. Let us know where maybe you would like to see a grassroots uh, weekend of racing on a NASCAR off weekend done with with modifieds, late models, uh, ARCA, you name it. We'll do it all at one track. I think it'll be pretty cool. So I think we're in agreement, Kyle. We're go for that kind of event. Let's see what happens here. I'm all in. Let's go. All right, enough of us blabbering. Time to welcome our guest who has chimed in on the other side of this break. It is Jacob Nottestad, big winner in the Super Late Model, his first career win out at Slinger, all in preparations for the 43rd running of the Slinger Nationals coming up on Tuesday. He is on Zoom. We'll visit with him after the break on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we've got the big winner from the Elite Super Sprint or Super Late Models out at Slinger getting ready for Slinger Nationals, but he won his first career Super Late Super Late Model race out at Slinger. That is the driver, Jacob Nottestead. Congratulations, Jacob. Appreciate you joining us here on Coast to Coast. Uh, just take me back to the emotions uh, of this past weekend's win out at Slinger. I know not only was it your first career win in a super late model out there, but the fact the way you did it and beating RJ there at the line in an intense battle. I mean, walk us through those final few laps. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I was intense for sure. Uh, just happy to be a part of it. You know, it's uh, super cool to win at Slinger, you know, uh, being part of the quickie program, uh, Allen's home track there where he had uh, a lot of success. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a thriller. Uh, it had me nervous a little bit. I was really hoping I could hold him off you know he uh, got into me a little bit there and I knew I had to protect as much as I could and uh, it all worked out. You mentioned RJ of RJ Braun the driver that you held off over those closing laps 
bring us under the helmet those last three or four laps. It was amazing to watch. The announcer was about as excited as I've ever heard an announcer at any racetrack across the country. Uh, what about from your seat? How tense are you? How excited are you? I was super pumped for sure. You know, I was getting a little bit nervous there with about 15 or so to go. You're starting to close the gap a little bit. And then uh, the last five or so was really, really getting close. And uh, I knew uh, my spotter was telling me to protect the bottom, but it's so hard to do that there without uh, being able to get the run off. You know, you got to get that arc in the corner at the, the sweeping corners there. So I just had to try to do, try to do what I do. And uh, it worked out. It's awesome. We mentioned preparations for the Slinger Nationals coming up on Tuesday. I know this is a big step forward in getting you guys ready, but what did you learn over the course of this past weekend and, and racing at Slinger in general about what to expect uh, come Nationals time? Yeah, you know, it's a lot more laps for sure. So the, the long runs we've been working on quite a bit. Um, you know, that's that's going to be the main thing. Uh, the last three weeks we've really improved a lot. We've had pretty solid qualifying speed, so – Really hoping we can uh, make the top 12 qualifying and put ourselves in a really good spot and then uh, see, what, see what we can do from there. Are you a believer in momentum? Obviously, coming off this win, you won a couple of weeks ago, the Arca Midwest event, and now you go into Slinger with uh, seemingly a lot of momentum on your side if you're a believer in that thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's going to be a, a whole lot of really good drivers there and uh, a lot of talent, a lot of experience. So uh, with having this win, is definitely a huge confidence booster to be able to to put ourselves in a good spot and uh, have a good run. You mentioned the talent that's going to be there. I mean, Luke Fenhouse, the defending winner. You've got Ty Majeski, who's won it a couple times. Matt Kenseth. As a driver that's kind of coming up through the ranks, I mean, does any of that intimidate you? Or, or what do you learn when you race against some of the top talent, like those drivers I mentioned, you know, on these big events? Yeah, I'm looking forward to, forward to it a lot. Uh, I looked up to Kenseth a lot when I was younger, and uh, – my dad went to school with them, so we're pretty close. Uh, I got to know him a little bit, which is pretty neat. And uh, the last couple of weeks, I got to race with Ty a little bit toward the end of the Slinger feature uh, two or three weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited, uh, maybe a little bit nervous, but um, hopefully I can ride us through the pressure. You mentioned Ty, of course, being uh, Ty Majeski, who is also a local favorite there when he's not racing on the national scene of NASCAR. Uh, you mentioned your relationship to Kenseth. Is it close enough that uh, you can go up to him during the course of, you know, Monday practice day and Tuesday race day and, and chat with him, get his ear a little bit? Yeah, I think I'll uh, definitely talk to him for sure a little bit, maybe try to learn a few things. Uh, he's obviously had a lot of wins there and a lot of success, so he knows how to get around there. And, uh, yeah, well, hopefully I can chat him up a little bit and uh, see how it goes. What about your 2022 season? Obviously, it's culminated with this big win, and you've been getting closer and closer each and every week. But where would you assess this year so far as we, you know, get in the heart of the summer months here in uh, 2022? Yeah, I think we've really exceeded expectations. Uh, I didn't really have a lot going into this year. You know, it's our first full year in a super. You know, we're running on uh, limited funds, limited budget, and we're racing against guys that have a lot of experience and a lot of money and talent. So. To be able to get two wins already is super huge for us, and I hope we can keep the momentum rolling and get a solid run at the Nationals. You mentioned a little bit ago the Kawiki Development Program, a program that's been around, I think, for about a decade now, uh, spotlighting and, and helping fund a lot of the Midwest talents. Uh, how did you get involved in the Kawiki Development Program? Yeah, it's a super cool deal. Uh, we've been uh, really focusing on our results this year. Uh, I've been doing a little bit with the uh, Bandolero kids over at Jefferson Speedway, my home track. We've been helping them out a little bit. And I got a few more events uh, planned this year with the JDRF. And then uh, we'll see what happens from there. I've been 
really busy with work, so not a lot of time to do all that extra curricular stuff and a lot of work in the car. So I'm hoping it slows down a little bit here at work and I can get out there and do some more stuff like that. Does each race weekend kind of, does that Kawiki program, you know, because you're constantly getting evaluated across with the other finalists, does that weigh on you a little bit or are you just more focused about, you know, each and every race weekend? Because at the end of the day, you know, you are going to be a champion, you know, going for that championship as part of the driver development program. So that's got to weigh on your mind a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. We try to focus on week to week, you know, uh, as my uncle always says, we count points at the banquet. So uh, we just got to focus on uh, succeeding every single week and we'll see what puts us there. So once we, and this kind of goes against what you were just talking about, but once we get past Slinger this coming week, uh, what's the rest of your summer look like? I mean, uh, you know, are you running weekly or multiple times a week? Yeah, we'll be running at Slinger the rest of the year. Uh, we yeah. had a few weekends off, so hopefully we can travel to uh, a couple Tundra races, a couple uh, Midwest Tour races. Uh, well, I think we're planning on running the State Park Speedway Midwest Tour race, and then we may go to Norway for the Tundra and then also Marshfield. Do you like running, you know, the point steal, like running at Slinger every week, or is your kind of goal to start to expand, especially as we get in the next couple of years and you continue to develop uh, in the super program? Yeah, I enjoy Slinger quite a bit. They're the only, like, weekly super late model series around here. The other ones are traveling. So I like to race there for sure, and then maybe we'll go for a, a Midwest Tour deal next year, if not Tundra. And, uh, yeah, I like to do some of that too. My final question for you is about the super late models at Slinger. Kind of rate the competition there now. You just said a moment ago it's the only super late model program in that area uh, that competes weekly. Uh, you know, kind of rate your competitors. Is it uh, as competitive as they say? Yeah, it's really a competitive, especially qualifying. The times are right on top of each other. If you're off just a little bit, you can be the difference between fast time and 10th or 11th in time. So, uh, yeah, the talent is super crazy. And uh, if you're not absolutely perfect, you might as well just not show up because the, the speed there, you got to be on top of it for sure every single lap. And finally, you know, as we get set to go here for the Slinger Nationals, you mentioned it is a longer race than you're typically normally running at Slinger on a weekly basis. So how does your approach change, especially when we get to the feature? I mean, I'm sure a lot of that's going to be managing your equipment, making sure you're there at the end. But again, you got a lot of top talent that are probably going to be going pretty much full bore the entire way. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Aha! Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, I'm hoping we can uh, get along and ride for a while. Maybe uh, if not, we're going to have to just uh, try to run qualifying laps for 200 laps, you know, just try to keep up with them. And uh, the main thing is to stay on the lead lap. If you can do that for 150 or so laps, then you got a shot at it.
So, uh, yeah, the past races, they've only had like six, maybe five people on the lead lap for the end. So if you can make it till there, you got a really good shot. Well, you've got the experience. We certainly wish you luck uh, this coming up Tuesday. Congratulations, by the way, on the big win, and, and uh, best of luck through the rest of your season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Jacob Nottisad, everyone, your big winner out at Slinger this past weekend, getting ready for the Slinger Nationals coming up on Tuesday. We'll let him get back to work. He's a busy guy. And on the flip side, we're going to talk the calendar coming up this week with the Go for Flow schedule of events this week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Back in the Concord studios, Kyle, one thing left to do, and that is our Go with the Flow calendar for this week. And boy, it is jam-packed. I know last week, ARCA was off, Pinties was off, Modified Tour was off. Well, most of those are back in action here after the 4th of July holiday. We kick-started off with the ARCA Menard Series, race number nine of the season. It also marks race number five of the Sioux Chief Showdown. That is the Dawn 150 at Mid-Ohio. Yours truly and Kyle Ricky, a double dose of Coast to Coast, will be out there at Mid-Ohio as well. Kyle in the turns. I will be on Pitt Road. That race Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, again on MRN or on FS1. Kyle, uh, first road course race of the year. We heard uh, drivers that we've had in studio like Raja Karuth, Amber Balkin talk about the challenges of the schedule. Well, their next challenge is turning right and left. What should we expect here on a Friday night? Just keep it on the pavement. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Easier said than done. <laughs> in some of the races that we've done there the last couple of years, uh, as they lead into what used to be the, uh, the Xfinity race there, they have struggled in doing that, especially down in the keyhole, turn two, I believe that is, and then China Beach. Very technical road course. It is a very fast road course. Um, but fun if you get it right. Uh, it's going to be a great field. Uh, we've mentioned some of the outsiders that are coming in the series for the first time. John Hunter Nemechek has a ride with Venturini Motorsports. So I believe there's uh, close to 30 cars that will take the green flag somewhere between 25 and 30. Uh, can't wait. Hard to believe we're already at race nine of this 2022 campaign. I know. It's wild. Ty Gibbs won there last year. Again, yep. John Hunter Nemechek in the field. You have Jack Wood, Colby Howard as well. Blaine Perkins from the truck series that is also in attendance. That race Saturday afternoon, they'll be partaking in ARCA racing. Sammy Smith, he prepped by running a Trans Am out at Road America when I was there last weekend. Finished second to Brent Cruz, who we've talked about as one of the up-and-coming stars uh, from the North Carolina area. So Sammy Smith trying to get some road course racing as well. And again, you can't mention ARCA without the championship battle. Again, Raja Karuth just five points ahead of his teammate Nick Sanchez. And don't count out Daniel Dye as well. He's just nine points back. And Daniel Dye as well getting some road course experience running Portland with the West Series uh, several weeks ago. So should be a good one again. MRN, the place to listen to all the action. Kyle will be there. I'll be there. Five o'clock Eastern time on Friday night. All right, we move on from ARCA. Kyle, it is back. The NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour returns to action in the Jersey Shore, the Jersey Shore 150 out at Wall Stadium Speedway, a super cool venue uh, to watch Modified's race Saturday night, 8 o'clock on Flow Racing. Uh, well, Matt Hirschman's entered, so certainly he's got to be a favorite, but Jimmy Blewett, I think, may be the, the guy to watch this weekend. Yeah, his home race track, obviously the Blewetts uh, have – had several generations come through Wall Stadium. They know that place like the back of their hands. Jimmy has found success there over the years, so he's one of the favorites. It's the first time since 2019 that the, last, the uh, NASCAR Wheel and Modify Tour has raced there, uh, Woody Pitcat being the last winner 
uh, all those years, well, I say all those years ago, three years ago. Um, so should be a great race. It's a fun little bull ring. Um, a lot of contact. Expect a lot of uh, excitement coming from the modifieds as we usually do, especially on a racetrack that a lot of the drivers unfamiliar with, except for, like you mentioned, uh, Jimmy Blewett, who, uh, who runs there most weeks. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So, again, Jimmy Blewett, probably the favorite. But, again, Matt Hirschman in the field. Ron Silk is your points leader. Justin Bonsignor, we've had him on the show. He's got a couple wins, but also a lot of uh, mechanical issues and things like that nature uh, over the last you know several races. So, he's still in contention, but he's got to keep winning and having solid performances from yep. here on out. And, of course, the next stop is Wall Stadium Speedway Saturday night. Again, Flow Racing, the place to watch at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. NASCAR Euro, they are in Italy for the Grand Prix of Italy Saturday. Uh, again, we haven't covered them much this year, but uh, that that series is getting uh, a lot of momentum here over the summer months. This is kind of their busy stretch as well. And then, Kyle, we just finished SRX at Stafford. Uh, their final pavement oval race of the year is coming up this week. Nashville Fairground Speedway, super cool facility, and I think it's a doubleheader too. they got some big late model race there as well. Yeah, it was a great race there a year ago for SRX, uh, one of the cleanest events of their inaugural season. Great crowd, and I think that's why they went back. Uh, you know, they knew the fans would support it, much like here at Stafford Speedway with a sold-out crowd this past Saturday. I expect to have to see a sellout crowd on CBS on Saturday night when they go green under the lights at Nashville Fairgrounds, obviously a track that has been in the news a lot as of the last couple of years. Uh, great to see SRX going there, and maybe, uh, maybe we're inching closer to seeing NASCAR head back to the fairground speedway. Uh, that is so the we'll hope. Stay- yeah, I know we'll a lot see. of folks would love to see NASCAR back, Nashville Fairgrounds, so we'll see what happens with that. But I mentioned the doubleheader, the master of the pros, top late model drivers are going to be competing with CRA drivers for the green jacket. So, no, it's not the masters, but CRA has their own green jacket and a big money race out there as well. That's all a part of uh, SRX weekend. So you get a double dose of SRX and late models as well. Again, Nashville, that's 8 o'clock Saturday night on CBS. And Alan Bestwick, who we had on the show last week, will be on the call once again for that. Southern Super Series, one of the top super late model series across the country, back at it. The Bash at the Beach, and it goes back to one of the best racetracks in North America. That is New Smyrna Speedway uh, coming up on Saturday night. I mean, just listen to the names, Kyle, that are entered. you got Michael Hine, Daniel Dye is in this one from ARCA, Jake Garcia, the 2021 champion, all of them taking on Steven Nassi, Bubba Pollard. I mean, you name it, all the top super late model drivers are there. And you put super late models on New Smyrna Speedway, you're bound for a show. And you get a show every night uh, during World Series. In February, uh, what if the super late models are there, you know, at least five of the of the nine nights that they run. And, you know, whenever you get those names on that racetrack, no matter the time of year, it's going to be a great show. Should be interesting this coming week. Hot, slick conditions. Hopefully the rain holds off. I know this is a rough time of year for New Smyrna Speedway. They have had a, a lot of rain outs. Those late afternoon pop-up storms seem to pop up right over the racetrack. But hopefully uh, the weather holds for them and they have a great uh, great race this coming weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned those pop-up showers. My parents live in Florida for five years, and you pretty much could time it that about 4 o'clock one was yep. going to hit. So maybe uh, New Smyrna should just run some like noon races or like 11 a.m brunch time races uh, on the weekends just to avoid that but should be fun southern super series again one of the top series in america especially in the south when it comes to super late models so 
A lot of big names in that one before they, most of them, head up to Slinger on Tuesday for the Nationals. And then, of course, we've got all of the racing on Flow Racing. We mentioned the Get the Flow Racing Tile if you haven't done so already. Best bang for your buck. Bowman Gray back at it after a week off. We have Hickory running their weekly NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts weekly show. Berlin, uh, shout out to Jeff Striegel. They've had some great races going on over the last couple of weeks. Jennerstown on Friday or on Saturday. And then Stafford, how about the uh, Dunleavy's Modifieds night on Friday night? That should be fun, Kyle. It's a special night for our SK Light Modifieds, kind of uh, the, as Ben Dodge, our track announcer here, calls them the junior stars of modified racing. Um, trying to make a name for themselves, although some of those drivers have been in the division for quite some time. Uh, it's their 40-lap event, a uh, couple extra thousand dollars on the line uh, for drivers throughout the field. So it's their big night for 2022, and uh, going to be fun. They've put on some great racing this year, and uh, look forward to another great race on Friday. We'll be watching together. That's right. It'll be on Flow Racing Friday night, as will on Saturday, USAC Nationals at Houston's. Big money for the uh, non-wing sprint cars, so make sure you tune in for that if you love dirt racing, uh, Langley, Riverhead, much, much more going on Flow Racing. And then, of course, this leads us to Tuesday night, so when we record our next episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, this race will be in action, the 43rd annual Slinger Nationals, Kyle, one of the marquee events each and every year when it comes to late model racing, and the stars are coming out. We mentioned Matt Kenseth, who's won this race several times. I think eight total. You have Ty Majeski, who's won twice. Luke Fenhouse, the defending winner, is in attendance. And then a ton of NASCAR talent, including Carson Hosevar, who's, you know, sh shout out to him, too. He went back to, uh, I think it was Birch Run up in his home state of Michigan and won still on crutches, at least planning on being on crutches for the next three weeks after that nasty accident at Gateway. So he's going to be planning on running as well. Uh, Derek Thorne is entered. I mean, the list goes on, Kyle. One of the historic William Byron, William Byron exactly. And he's on a five-race win streak in that Donnie Wilson number 24. So, I don't even know if you can pick a favorite at this point, but certainly all eyes are going to be on Slinger on Tuesday. Yeah, great field. I like Luke Fenhaus. Obviously, he uh, won the event a year ago, which earned him a ride into their SRX event late last summer. So um, I like William Byron. I mean, I, I feel like every time he gets in a, in a late model, he's the driver to beat. Like you mentioned, five in a row, looking for six this week. And I think uh, I don't want to say he's the my number one favorite, but he's among the top three can't go against Kenseth either yeah no kidding and Matt Kenseth you know a lot of people oh well, you know, he's coming out to race every so often you know for fun oh no no when he puts the helmet on it's Matt Kenseth and it's vintage Matt yep. Kenseth he gets after it and certainly he'll be one to challenge for the win for sure and, and I mentioned at the top of the show too the fact that they raised another 10k so $20,000 to the winner alone which means with lap bonus money the winner could take home more than $30,000 so one of the richest now uh, late model races uh, of course over the season uh, being contested at Slinger. So I'm excited. That's on Racing America again on Tuesday. I think practice is on Monday. So things yep. kick off early next week. And then Kyle, some big news. Speaking of Daniel Dye, we talked about him with the ARCA Series, uh, getting ready to race at Mid-Ohio. He's going to run at Slinger. He's going to keep this short track train rolling uh, in a couple weeks out at the uh, Montana 200, right? And he's got a special crew chief uh, for this deal. Being one, Mark Martin, who uh, wow. we every once in a while hear from, obviously a recent inductee into the Hall of Fame. Uh, the event will be held at the Mission Valley Super Oval in Poison, Montana. Uh, always a great late model race out there. Uh, one of the biggest events in the northwest corner of the country. So 
Uh, Daniel, we, we, I feel like every short track race we talk about, Daniel's a part of it, whether it be the Arca stuff yeah. or Smyrna this coming weekend or the Montana 200 in a couple of weeks. So uh, can't wait to see what Daniel can do out there among some of the best of the Northwest. Yeah, absolutely. So some late breaking news with Daniel Dye entered again. That car he's going to run is actually defending Arca West champion tr- crew chief Travis Sharp's car. So not only do you have Mark yep. Martin on the wrenches, Travis Sharp is the car owner and he's no success. So Daniel is certainly lining himself up to get more and more experience as the years go on, as he contends as well for the Arkham Menard Series Championship. All right, Kyle, that's a busy enough calendar for me, for sure. I know we're going to be busy out at Mid-Ohio. Hope you folks can tune in. Again, 5 o'clock Eastern on MRN live coverage uh, from Mid-Ohio, the Arkham Menard Series race number 9, the race number 5 of the Sioux Chiefs Showdown. Kyle, I'm excited to see some of these drivers up close and personal, get to talk to them, because this is, I think, my only first ARCA race of the year I'm going to be at in person, so it'll be nice to uh, check out the racing here this weekend. It's always fun to go to the ARCA garage. You never know who you're going to see, especially this weekend with guys like Mimacek entered in the race. Um, drivers that we've talked to all summer, we finally get to have an in-person conversation with in the garage before the race on Friday afternoon. Can't wait. Me neither. Looking forward to it. Safe travels, my friend. I will see you uh, when we record this. So tomorrow on Thursday as we get into mid-Ohio and, uh, of course, on the race on Friday. So looking forward to uh, being together in person. Looking forward to it. All right. That's Kyle Rickey from Stafford Motor Speedway. My name is Chris Wilner here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That has been another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. As always, we will recap all the action, whether it's from mid-Ohio to your local short track on next week's episode. Have a good one, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, be sure to subscribe to Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots, where you can catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, the Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today.